Today's podcast is brought to you by Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast. What's the best way to help you and your finances thrive? The answer can be overwhelming with all the financial misinformation out there. Fortunately, you can turn to Nerd Wallet's objective finance journalists to set things straight and help you make smart decisions with your own money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning for my tax bill so I don't dread April every single year. Managing finances with a partner without causing a breakup. Putting away more money for retirement since I'm not going to do this podcast forever. Sorry, folks. And also boosting my credit score since good credit is like a real-life cheat code. Saving for an emergency fund because life is like a good movie. It loves a good plot twist. The nerds also explain the real impact that the latest financial headlines could have on your life. Weekly financial check-ins with smart money help you spend more time doing what matters and less time worrying about what doesn't. Let NerdWallet's trusted experts untangle today's web of financial misinformation. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Bulldog fans, rodeo season is here. I tried the Dixie National Rodeo. Get ready to roll, man. And uh, I remember being a kid, that was like the biggest highlight for us. My grandmother would get us tickets every year. And me and my brother would wear our cowboy outfits. We'd put our boots on, have our chaps, our vest. And we'd go up there. And just in case one of the cowboys got a little bit scared to get on a horse or a bull, we were willing to do it. Yeah, for sure. Guys, boots aren't just for going out to a country western bar and doing a little boot scooting. Maybe you got a little Texas two-step in your game. Tacovas can make you look better than ever. Absolutely. And here's the deal, too. That's the thing. The versatility of Tacovas is you can wear them somewhere nice or you can live life where you don't go gently. That's what Tacovas does for you. Yeah, it's a rugged, handsome boot. It's my favorite boot brand, and it should be yours, too. Be sure and check them out. Tacovas believes in Western for all people, and you can feel that when you go into their stores, when you walk in, you'll be greeted like family, offered a boot shine and a drink and maybe even an adult beverage if you prefer, and you can get custom-fitted for a new pair of Tecovis boots. You can get custom leather stamping or branding, whatever you need to make it feel somewhat individual. Look up your closest store at tecovis.com. But if you can't make it to a store, Tecovis delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And you know what, partner? Point your toes west. Welcome to the Boneyard with Steve Robertson. As always, I am your good friend and host, Steve Robertson, here on the magnificent Monday edition of The Yard. Hope things are well with you. Hope you had a good weekend. And listen, guys, I'm going to tell you this. I'm telling that from Listen to the voice of experience, okay? If you have not completed that honeydew list that you have put off the entire, entire summer, you've got a few days left. You should have been able to get most of it done this past weekend. I don't want any of you guys in the doghouse. I don't want any of you guys to be grounded from coming to the uh, Mississippi State Bulldog ball games this year. And there's always that trade-off, guys. I understand all there's all summer, you know, and it's like, well, you know, I want to get this done, but the kids had the ball game. We wanted to go fishing, and then mom and them wanted us to come out there. And and, and there's there's no shortage of things in the summer that, that that you end up getting involved with. And all these little summer projects kind of get forgotten or ignored. 
right ladies so gentlemen I'm gonna tell you this we're going to gather in New Orleans Louisiana this weekend and we're gonna watch Mississippi State kick off the 2019 football season and I want all of you to be there with me and so in order to go in the good graces of your significant others knock off work a little early one day this week and go ahead and make sure you get some things that you may not be able to get it all done this week but you need to get it done because the season is here. It's game week. It is game week. And thank God that college football is here. I'm so happy that pretty soon we'll be able to just talk about college football and all that goes with that. You know, we had a game over the weekend. The uh, the Manny Danny Bowl. Manny Diaz versus Dan Mullen. And uh, I, I will be honest with you guys. I really think that both of those teams are pretty average. You know, Miami was an unranked team. And... Quite frankly, I think Miami should have won the ball game. You know, Miami, the more inexperienced team, just couldn't close the deal. Late in the ball game, Todd Grantham won the game for Florida. Honestly, Todd Grantham, ten sacks, and they really, 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 really made life miserable on a redshirt freshman quarterback. And listen, that Williams, better days are ahead of him. But Dan Mullen should get up today. And I don't know what's going on in Dan's life, but he, he should take Todd Grantham to lunch. He should get Todd Grantham's car washed. He should send Todd Grantham's wife's flowers and say they're from Todd. I mean, there, there's, you know, there's no list of things that Dan Mullen should do today to thank Todd Grantham because Miami should have won the football game. And uh, I, I really thought that the uh, some of the behavior from Felipe Franks was, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things that I've learned about life is uh, – I had somebody say this. I worked for a guy named Frank Thomas when, when I was with Hollygmeyer's Furniture uh, as a young man in Hattiesburg at 909 Hardy Street. Frank Thomas is a great guy, great guy. Learned a lot from him about how to work. And Frank said one of the most difficult things to do in life is to convince somebody that they're doing a bad job when then they think in their minds they're doing a great job. That's kind of where Felipe Franks is. You know, he's one of those guys that, uh, in his mind, he's a Heisman candidate. But in reality, he is a very mediocre college quarterback. Dan Mullen got a lot out of him last year as a quarterback whisperer and really kind of rejuvenated Felipe's career. But based on what we saw this past uh, Saturday night, I mean, does anybody look at that guy and think, man, this kid is great? I mean, not, not only is he a very pedestrian passer, He's a kid that doesn't have a good feel for the game. And then you make a big play, and listen, the throw that he made up the right hash mark that that really kind of changed the game and and put Florida ahead to stay, that was a beautiful throw. So you know he's got some of that in him. And how does he follow that up? He goes and gets in the camera, and he begins to start running his mouth, and he's talking trash with Miami fans behind the bench. You know, listen, we don't engage with the fans during the ball game. And then what happens next? The football gods are watching, Felipe. They're watching. And he goes up there and throws an interception that is kind of middle school school quality. It was incredible. But how wonderful is it to get up this Monday morning and be able to talk college football, right? We only had, we only had a handful of games, and then we were here we were talking about this. And, and I, I'm glad to have it. Wish Manny the best. Wish Dan the, the best. Uh, I was pulling for Manny Diaz in Miami. I think I've shared that with you. I've, I had a better relationship with Manny than I did Dan. Uh, not that I had a bad one with Dan, but uh, Manny and I were a little bit closer because our, our boys play ball together. And so 
uh, wish him the absolute best. Man, I would love for my, for Manny to bring the U back. I, I would absolutely love that beyond measure. Um, and it's good for college football. But all that being said, we're going to get a full slate of games this week, and one of those is going to be Mississippi State. I want to thank our, our good friends. I, I tell you, there's, we've got some good ones at Campus Bookmark, that's for sure. Stan Ravens, Kathy Brown, the lovely, talented Susie, all of those folks involved with all the operations there at Campus Bookmark, they're going to take care of you. They're going to treat you like family because you are family. It's as simple as that. It is absolutely as simple as that. If you can't make it to town to go peruse their fine selections, you can do your online shopping at campusbookmart.net. And by being a loyal Boneyard listener, we're going to save you a little cash. Use promo code BSR, which stands for Beautiful Steve Robertson. And that'll get you free shipping on all orders over $50. Any order less than $50, absolutely incomplete. So since we have been together, there has been some some other important news. And uh, there is some suspension talk that I'll get to a little bit later in the show. But since we have been together, Mississippi State junior quarterback Keaton Thompson has entered his name into the transfer portal. A lot of questions on our message board over at jeanspage.com about this. A lot of discussion. We provided some updates for you guys there. And as we get information, we want to pass that on. I don't want to give anybody any false hope about things with Keaton. But I do know for a fact that Jim Moorhead met with Keaton yesterday. They had an opportunity to sit and kind of clear the air. And I am told uh, that people close to the situation deem it as a, quote, positive and productive meeting. Now, that doesn't mean that Keaton's going to elect to stay. But I do know that Mississippi State wants him to stay. And I believe it is probably in his best interest to stay, at least this year. And let me explain to you what I mean by that. It's August 26th. Okay, we're going to play a ball game on Saturday. So the chances of Keaton entering the portal and then having a chance to find a good landing spot this semester are pretty much non-existent. Now, he, I'm sure he could find just somewhere to go. But you don't have the benefit of fall camp. You don't have any of that stuff. And so he could go somewhere and then sit, take his redshirt year, and then be able to compete for a job in January. I just don't know who's going to have a scholarship available this late. You know, because we've all seen the highlight videos on Twitter. There's all these high school players that come in, and they walk on, and they work their way up. And then as a senior, they're, some of them are granted a, a scholarship. And so we see those videos. They're heartwarming. It's great. Everybody does it. You know, it's not unique to one or, one, one or two programs, despite what uh, people want to bill it to be. But I do think it's really cool. But all that being said, there's not a lot of people, you know, and now that we're in game week, that just have a, uh, a scholarship laying around. You know, pretty much everybody has is kind of filled their, their quota up to 85. Now, one of the things that's a little bit different now, because they changed the walk-on rules a couple of years ago, is now you can be retroactive with your aid. And so, like in Mississippi State's case, you know, you're waiting to see what's going to happen with Cordless Waitman. That waiver was denied, so that scholarship is freed up. We don't have an initial counter in the 25, but we do have room in the 85. So you could give a deserving senior walk-on a scholarship. And the way that works, too, and I don't want to chase this for too long, but if you give a new walk-on a scholarship, he, he counts in your 25. But if a guy's been in your program for two years and you put him on, he only counts against the overall limit of 85. Now, I know that's kind of a technical deal, but the bottom line is this. Is if, if you have a new guy, you might as well have offered him and signed him on signing day because that's how he counts in your numbers. So I don't know that Keaton can find a suitable landing spot that is commiserate with his ability. 
And what I mean by that is I'm sure there's a ton of FCF schools that will take him right now. And even if he doesn't know the offense, they'd take him and they'd figure some things out. But uh, that is a difficult undertaking for anybody, under even the best of circumstances. I, I just don't think that is in his best interest. Now, he could elect to take the redshirt year and just sit out and not be involved with Mississippi State football at all. He could pull a Kelly Bryant. He could. Or he could stay at Mississippi State, complete the fall semester, stay engaged with football, be the backup, and say, hey, coach, I'm willing to be here as an emergency-type quarterback in the event of an injury. I'm willing to stay in football shape, but I don't want to play beyond my four games because I'll stay here and, and to support my teammates, but I'm going to be moving on in January. He could elect to do that. And that might be a good thing for him, especially considering how late it is. It would be one thing if he had made this decision in June. He'd had the benefit of you know, probably several opportunities. But the bottom line is, based on where we are now in the academic calendar and the athletic calendar, I don't think Keaton Thompson is going to be leaving Mississippi State right now. Not, not for somewhere else. I mean, he may elect to go home. He may just go ahead and withdraw from school and go home and take the redshirt year. And that's always the possibility. But uh, I understand there will be some additional conversations between Keaton and his family and, and uh, Joe Moorhead and the Mississippi State staff. So it's not over, but his name remains in the portal. So we'll see what happens. I mean, he, he may get a phone call today from somebody saying, you know what, hey, we had a kid not qualify, and uh, we've got a senior quarterback. We'd love for you to come up here and kind of be the understudy this year and kind of watch our program while you redshirt, kind of get up to speed. That, that, that opportunity may unfold for him. But those are going to be pretty few and far between. So that's where we are with that. Not sure what to expect, but uh, there's many, many people – uh, and, and I give some of our fans a lot of credit. A lot of people said, hey, you know what? If, if Tommy gets a job, Keaton it's going to probably transfer. And uh, there was some, some talk and discussion about that. And uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I honestly think this might be more to do with Garrett Schrader than Tommy Stevens. And, and let me explain to you what I mean by that. Okay, so Tommy Stevens comes in this year. That's a one-year deal. And let's say Keaton only plays in the four games, retains his two his, his redshirt year, and so that gives him two additional years of eligibility. So while his pride may be a little bit hurt this year, and, and how could it not be, right? How, how could it not be? You've been here for a couple of years. You've bled and, and sweated and worked with these guys, and then somebody brand new comes in and takes what's supposed to be your job. Any of us would feel the sting of that, Everybody, every one of us. But then all of a sudden you look here and say, okay, all right, I can make the best of this situation. While I wanted to be the starter this year, and that's been my dream and aspiration since the day that I signed, is that once Nick Fitzgerald was gone, I was going to be the guy. Well, now things have changed with me, and I'm going to put my ego aside and say, okay, listen, I'll, I'll take the red shirt year and be the backup, knowing I'm going to be, be the guy next year and in the next year. Well, I don't know that you can honestly say that. Because if you look at the fact that, okay, the first offer that Joe Moorhead made once he got the head coaching position in Mississippi State was to Garrett Schrader. Very first offer he made as your football coach to Garrett Schrader. Garrett Schrader and Keaton Thompson are not the same kind of quarterback. And I'm not saying one's better than the other. But Garrett Schrader is a lot more like Tommy Stevens than he is Keaton Thompson. Keaton Thompson is the perfect fit 
for the Dan Mullen offense. I mean, the absolute perfect fit. He is the closest thing to Dak from a physical skill standpoint that we've had. I mean, because Nick was more of a run-first guy. Keaton is a plus runner, too. And I don't know that Keaton has the foot speed that Nick does. Because out in the open field with his long strides, Nick's very difficult to catch. Keaton's got a lot more wiggle with him. On third and five, you give him the ball, and all of a sudden somebody steps up. He can make a guy miss a little bit better than Nick. Nick ran through some people. Nick didn't necessarily have the wiggle that Keaton did. So Keaton's a guy that I think in the Dan Mullen scheme, if Dan Mullen's still your coach last year, Keaton's your guy, or Keaton this year's your guy, and uh, you feel good about life. But we're in transition offensively. And Garrett's a lot more like Tommy. You know, Garrett's one of those guys that runs enough to keep you honest, but is a passer at heart. Where Keaton is a guy is is really a true dual threat. He's as good a runner, might be better as a runner than he even is the passer. And so, in the back of Keaton's mind, and this is again, this is just my speculation. You know, Keaton could be looking at this and saying, you know, okay, listen, all right, Joe Barton is guy this year, but you know what, the guy behind me. That's Joe's guy. That's Joe's guy too. And if I'm being honest with myself, I don't know that I am Joe's guy, because I went through spring practice, and I beat out Jalen Maiden, and I beat out Garrett Schrader, and I finished the spring as QB one. And my reward for that is they go out and recruit Kelly Bryant, and then Kelly Bryant likes to go to Missouri, and then they go recruit Tommy Stevens. And so, I can't blame Keaton Thompson for thinking, you know what, I'm I'm not Joe Moorhead's guy. And I may never be Joe Moorhead's guy. And I have to think about myself because of the fact that you only get a short time in life to play football. Very, very short time in life. When you look at over the grand scheme of your life, even for those for those of us that played all throughout high school, you know, there's always short week softball, but you only get to play big time sports a short time in life. Keaton has to do do what is best for Keaton Thompson. And that may not be that may not match what's best for Mississippi State because I think what's best for Mississippi State is Keaton to stay here at least through the season because Tommy Stevens is a guy that's been entry prone, okay? And so if Tommy Stevens gets hurt and Keaton Thompson is in a dorm somewhere or on another college campus somewhere, then you're looking at having to start a freshman. Jalen Maiden's a redshirt freshman. Garrett Schrader's a true freshman. You want to talk about things running off the rails pretty quickly? There you go. You want to see something eerily reminiscent of last year? That's what it would be. Because we'd love to run the football a lot more, but people are going to walk those safeties down. Because if you can't keep the safeties honest, then you can't run the football. It's as simple as that. There's no doubt about it. Changing topics here, I want to welcome back a uh, former sponsor of the show back with us again. Uh, our good friends at my bookie are back. My bookie, they have, well, they've been with you a long time. And uh, while they are not new to me, it is a new football season. I don't know if you guys are aware of this. If you've kept up with Antonio Brown stuff, it's been a complete fiasco. But Antonio Brown's still a Raider, even though he doesn't have a helmet. Former Pittsburgh Steelers, Le'Veon Bell's with the Jets. Odell Beckham's in Cleveland. All of that kind of affects the Pittsburgh Steelers. I kind of laugh a little bit thinking about Antonio Brown. Uh, And here's the deal. The one thing that hadn't changed is my bookie is going to be the best place for you. For those of you that are wrapped up in this thing and you want to have an investment in the game, you want to have some skin in the game, my bookie is going to be the way to go. My bookie is the best place for you to bet on football every single weekend. From wagers on college football action to odds on the presidential election, my bookie has something for everybody. 
You have better bonuses, more prop bets than any other sports book, period. You can see it for yourself. This year, my bookie is hosting the first ever online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it's only 100 bones to enter. All you have to do is pick five NFL teams against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and share your score of that huge cash prize pool. I'd recommend a service to my listeners that's proven. I wouldn't lead you astray in that respect. My bookie's always the right play. You bet, you win, and they'll pay you. My bookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Up to a $1,000 first deposit bonus, double your first deposit. Use the promo code BONEYARD to activate that offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use promo code BONEYARD. That's B-O-N-E-Y-A-R-D when creating your account to claim your bonus. Bet, win, get paid. Okay, so let's talk about this suspension stuff a little bit here because there are some of you, listen, and I'm going to say this with as much love and compassion as I possibly can, all right? I love all of you. But when I see some of the things that some of you post on social media about this stuff, it makes my head hurt. It makes my head hurt and my heart hurt. And so I want to share a few things. The first thing that I want to say is uh, we are not Ole Miss fans, okay? I want to go ahead and get that established. We're not Ole Miss fans. And because we're not Ole Miss fans, we're not going to buy into these clandestine crap conspiracy theories where everything is just set up against us. We're not going to cry like that. That's not who we are. Mississippi State had some players that made an incredibly poor decision, as did a part-time student tutor, and we're going to pay for that. Everybody okay with that? We're going to pay for it. This is not an Ole Miss conspiracy. This tutor was not an Ole Miss plant. You were giving them far too much credit. Ole Miss is not to blame for Mississippi State's current situation and the NCAA sanctions. This is all us. And so I've had people contact me, Steve, this is what I've heard. This is what I've heard. And, you know, here's the deal. And and I want to make sure that that I'm, I'm as fair about this as I can be, okay? There are a lot of Ole Miss people out there that love to see harm come to Mississippi State, and vice versa. There are a lot of Mississippi State people that take glee when bad things happen to Ole Miss. It's part of living in a rivalry. But there are Mississippi State people that make mistakes. There are Mississippi State people in this situation that have done things that have brought harm to the university and to our football program. That has nothing to do with Ole Miss. This is not some deal, some plot to get back at Mississippi State. I know that sounds good. And that's like that whole Hatfield and McCoy's thing, that anything that happens here is their fault and vice versa. You know, listen, they have alleged this huge, wide-ranging conspiracy that it was all this plot to get Ole Miss. None of that is true, and none of this is true. The only people that Ole Miss people have to blame about their problems with NCAA are Ole Miss people. The only people that Mississippi State people have to blame about our problems with NCAA are Mississippi State people. While we all point fingers back and forth at each other, this is not some big grand conspiracy to get Mississippi State. Okay, so let's go ahead and stop posting about all that. That's just silliness. It's absolute silliness. The number two thing that I want to say about that, and we'll move on from the Ole Miss part of it, is that I have read these posts, and they are not rooted in fact, well, there's just no way 
there's no way we didn't notice what's going on. So, so what what are you accusing Mississippi State of? You you claim to be a Mississippi State fan. You claim to be true maroon, but but, but you're not, okay? And so we get wrapped up in this and say, okay, well, we had to have known. Well, as soon as we did know, we took action. And guys, in in six months' time, in six months' time, we go from suspending Nick Weatherspoon from competition. We conducted a very thorough self-investigation. We involved the NCAA. And in six months' time, we go from discovering this to being sanctioned. Six months. And it was a very quiet six months. It kind of helped that three of those six months was summertime. We were out of season for the most part. And so, yeah, there were some things bubbling up on social media, but, hey, there's this Tudor scandal at Mississippi State. And I don't know how that stuff gets out there, but it does. You know, we all heard the same things for the better part of four and five months. There was something going on here, and there were going to be some penalties to pay. We didn't know at that point that there were going to be institutional penalties to pay, but we knew there were going to be some eligibility concerns. But for for anybody that loves Mississippi State to suggest that Dr. Mark Keenum, that athletic director John Cohen, and head coach Joe Moorhead would turn a blind eye to this, you don't know those individuals very well. You know, Joe was a hired gun, okay? You know, Joe, Joe didn't go to school here. You know, he became a Bulldog as quickly as he could. But John and Dr. Mark Keenum, they, their love for Mississippi State goes beyond a paycheck. And if you think that any of those folks would jeopardize their careers, and not to mention the institution that they hold so dear over something like this, over a chemistry test, you're kidding yourself, okay? So let's not make the situation any worse than it is. It is a bad look for the university. It is a bad look for our football program, not because our coaches were derelict in their duties, but because some of our players made a bad decision. Let's just go ahead and lay it out there. The blame lies with the tutor and the players. And listen, I've read some of the comments to everybody's like blaming the tutor. And listen, it takes tutor tango, okay? Simple as that. It doesn't matter if she was offering to do this for $10. The bottom line is this, is that somebody had to give this tutor the student ID. And so that's one of the things they tell you. Don't ever give your student ID to anybody. So that, that was an action that, would take, that took place. That was a decision these guys made. So we're not going to sit here and, and bang the administration for everything that goes wrong. You know, it's one of those things that I, in, in business is where it's different. You say, okay, well, you know, the buck stops with the manager. That's what it should. But the better part of management is when things do go bad because there are going to be things that happen outside of your control. Every one of you has worked somewhere where somebody has broken policy or protocol, somebody has stolen something, there's been an embezzlement case, people have cut corners, not followed company policy, and people have been injured. There's always somebody out there looking for an easier, softer way. And they're going to... There's going to be instances that happen that are going to cause adversity to the organization. And how that's handled by the administration kind of determines the quality of your leadership. Anybody can lead when everything goes perfect. I mean, it requires no special skill. When life is just humming along like a sewing machine, you don't need a great leader. You just need anybody. I mean, it's just like, you know, hey, I imagine the folks at Popeye's Chicken right now are probably taxed to their limit. Right? 
my wife went to go get my son some uh, chicken tenders, and she forgot to get me a chicken sandwich while she was there. I'll address that with her later. But uh, she goes in there, and the, the, the employees are absolutely done. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like you walk in there, it's like there's no there's no longer any customer service. You know, it's like, hey, what do you want? You know, they've been through it. And so those people, while the Popeyes people are kind of giddy over this explosion of social media, yeah, that's going to require some some management here, so you don't hurt your image. But it's easy to manage the day-to-day operations of a business that doesn't have any problems. And that's kind of how the situation was here at Mississippi State. Things were going so well. But then when some adversity came, that's when you found out how good Mississippi State's leadership was because they are able to handle this quickly and quietly. You look up the road at Oxford, you know, back, that, that, you know, back in 2014, you know, the week of the Alabama game, the week before Ole Miss beat Alabama, Pat Forty has an article that announces that Ole Miss is under NCAA investigation. 2014, that investigation was long underway by then. It was reported. Nobody ever, nobody paid attention, but it was reported. And then over the course of the next three years, everything we heard, everything we said, Ole Miss is under investigation, and it became a very public and a very messy undertaking that caused this huge dark cloud to hover over really every aspect of the Ole Miss athletic experience. Yeah, 15, they had a good year. 16, the wheels began to come off. Uh, Hugh Freeze f- terminated, resigned, whatever you want to call it, July 20th, 2017. Then they get, they turn in a non-winning season. They had the bowl ban, have another losing season last year. Staring another losing season right in the face this year. Is that what you want? Do you, is that the kind of NCAA investigation you want? Because at some point, everybody is going to have an issue. Some at some point, somebody, everybody's going to have violations, and sometimes they don't rise to the level of sanctions. But when you look at it by comparison, you know the big discussion back then is we can't wait to tell our story. Yeah, Mississippi State told their story quickly and quietly, but they didn't. Rather than tell it in the media. They told it to the NCAA and said, hey, we got a problem here, and here's what we want to do. And so they're able to go through this whole uh, you know, negotiated resolution, which is a relatively new part of legislation, and they wrap this whole thing up. Before anybody even realized there was a major problem, it's done. It's over. While everybody else is kind of reeling a little bit and saying, hey, what's going on with this? Mississippi State's going to get hammered. And it wasn't a slap on the wrist, but it could have been an absolutely lot worse. There's no doubt about it. It could have been much, much worse. And a lot of people, and I'll say this about Bracky Brett, there's so many people out there that don't know his job, that that sit in, in, in judgment of him. It's a thankless job. He never has any fun days when it comes to this kind of stuff, you know. He's always having to deal with the bad side of athletics. That's not to mean that he goes out there looking for stuff, but it's his job to protect the university. Then he has an attorney, Mike Glazier, one of perhaps the best hired NCAA guns in the industry. He's been our lawyer for years and years and years. And when you look at the job Mississippi State has done and the the seriousness of some of these allegations over the last several years and how we've been able to navigate this process without major sanctions, it's a tribute to the Mississippi State leadership, without question.
Speaking of tributes, let me encourage you. Bulldog Burger Company is without a doubt the best place to break bread in town. We love going there. You know, it's one of those things like there are a lot of places you go just for a meal. But Bulldog Burger Company is really an experience. You go in there. It's great service. It's great people. It's a great atmosphere. It's a lot of fun. It's within walking distance of campus. And there's so much activity now in the Cotton District. It, it is unlike any other time in Starkville or Mississippi State history. There's so much going on down there, and it's exciting. Bulldog Burger, right in the middle of all of that. Uh, love the Lauren Burger. Love the pimentology at Bacon. There's so many people that reach out to me and say, hey, Steve, we went for the first time. We finally got a chance to go. We've heard it for so many years on your show. We got a chance to go, and we absolutely love it. The reviews, folks, are going to be through the roof. You're going to love going we got some big news coming that we'll share with you here and probably in the next couple of days. Some big Bulldog Burger news that uh, I think you're going to be uh, very, very interested in. But I'm going to encourage you, every time you come to Starkville, when you come to Break Bread, go to Bulldog Burger Company. These folks are invested in Starkville. They're invested in Mississippi State. Bulldog Burger is part of a family of restaurants here in town. We love going. It is without a doubt the Robertson Family Restaurant of Choice. You're not going to find a better restaurant quality hamburger anywhere you're not going to find one better anywhere. Go by, find your own favorites. Bulldog Burger Company, the place in Stark rural people go to meet. M-E-A-T. Another part of this deal uh, with the uh, NCAA sanctions, people, big questions people are asking, Steve, vacated wins. What does that mean for us? Well, let me go ahead and prepare you that I expect all of our wins from 2018 to be vacated. Because we played players, they were ultimately deemed ineligible in every one of those games. So we go 8-5. and five. Uh, Jim Moorhead's record will reflect 0-5 and five when it's all said and done. Now, you can't erase what happened on the field. And it's just like when all those vacation, vacated wins from Ole Miss came up. You know, it's like it, 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 it feels good in the press release, but it doesn't change anything. You know, I, I mean, I, I'm never going to get over that 2014 Egg Bowl loss. I still remember that. I still remember Ole Miss coming to here beating us on senior day. You can't erase that from my memory. I wish you could. But you can't, and you can't erase from my memory Nick Fitzgerald going up there and just running all over Ole Miss last year and getting his revenge. You're not going to be able to remove that from my memory. But the bottom line is it will be erased from the record books. Now, the NCAA mandated record books will reflect one thing. The -the on-the-field record will reflect another. And so then everybody says, well, Steve, if we're vacating the Egg Bowl win, which I fully expect to happen, do we have to give the trophy back? And the answer to that question is no. And I discussed that a little bit on Friday's show, and apparently that word's not getting out there. Uh, if Ole Miss wants the egg back, they're going to have to come over here and beat Mississippi State on Thanksgiving to get it back. And I don't think that's going to happen. you know. So people can say what they want to. We're not giving the egg back. And I've got that on an incredible authority. We are never going to give the egg back. They can come over here and take it from us. They're not going to get the egg without beating us on the field. We won the ball game. We're going to keep the egg. And, again, if they want to go ahead and, and uh, return that Sugar Bowl trophy, then we might consider uh, talking about the egg. But uh, that's not going to happen. That's going to be a part of this deal, uh, the vacated wins. And so that's a minor thing in the end. I, it, that's, that's the most meaningless penalty in all of, uh, you know, all of college athletics. You know, It's just like when they made the Fab – uh, the Fab Five vacate their uh, their runs there. I mean, you'll never, I'll never forget those teams, you know. And so it's like you can't tell me it didn't happen. You can take the banners down, you can amend the record books, but it was one of the greatest runs in college basketball history. That's back when college basketball was really fun. I mean, it really, really was fun. 
And as Mississippi State's running football has been the last several years, it's been really fun. And so they can take whatever they want uh, as far as the records go. But the bottom line is is that we're going to continue to have a good football team and we're going to go to a ball game this year. So along these suspensions, we're still not going to talk any names. But I want to reiterate a couple things to you guys because I think it's important that you know this. I don't know if you know this. We, we don't take the full team on SEC road games. Okay? Let that sink in just for a second here. We don't we don't take the team, the whole team, on the SEC road games. So the SEC travel limit is 70 players, 70 eligible players. Okay, so ineligible players can't make the trip. So some of the guys that are suspended, and again, we're not going to put any names out there, but some of the guys that are suspended were, were, would not have made the travel roster anyway. Now, there's a couple of guys for sure, probably – three that I can think of, which certainly, well, maybe four, that would have made the travel roster. Uh, a couple of those guys were expected to make major con- contributions. But other guys, you know, were, were going to be kind of in a reserve role. And so let's say, so a half dozen of those guys would not have made the travel roster anyway. And so when you begin to look at that in the grand scheme of things, you think, okay, well, it makes sense for those guys to sit out the non-conference games and then the SEC road games. Right Now, of course, nobody has told me, hey, Steve, here's the games that everybody's going to play in. And so if you see some of those guys that have been posted all over the Internet as potential uh, suspensions, if you see them play against Kentucky, understand that's probably part of the deal. Let's say they sit out ULL, Southern Miss, Kansas State to play against Kentucky. Well, to me, that makes perfect sense. That makes absolutely perfect sense to me. Number one, it's an SEC game that we need to win. It's also a home game where we have the full complement of our roster here. And so you could match it up a little bit. You'd say, well, you know, we probably, you know, we probably need uh, more of this position group because you may have some injuries along the way. But I think on its face, when you begin to look at this, some of those guys, you're probably just going to sit them out of those SEC road games. And again, I don't think a lot of people maybe grab that. You know, you have a 105-man roster, and you have 85 guys on scholarship, but you can only take 70 on the road. You can only take 70 on the road. So that means you're going to have 15 scholarship players that don't go. Does that make sense to you? And so I say that to kind of show, okay, it's not as bad as some people have suggested it could be. And one of the things that, that I get I get so disjointed about is there are some people out there that have no knowledge of the situation. They'll, they'll tell you, like, and I, I've read this. I've had people say, oh, well, I read on this smack page that uh, we might be without Errol Thompson and Kyle and Hill. Let me tell you, that's untrue. It's untrue. And don't let these folks get the better of you, okay? Don't let them create this panic or this doomsday scenario because that's what they want to do because misery loves company. And if you don't believe me, go download the Lillian Axe track, Misery Loves Company, from a man, Stevie Blaze. Love that song. But the bottom line is this, is uh, there are a lot of people out there that are going to try to make this seem like a doomsday scenario. And I have said for weeks... And, and people didn't want to believe me. Well, I guess some of you did, but there are a lot of people out there, oh, Steve's just being a Pollyanna. It's going to be devastating to Mississippi State. You know, it's a bad situation 
but uh, it's not what other people have made it out to be by any stretch of imagination. And that's why they're so angry on social media. It's like, oh, who, who does Mississippi State have pictures of to, to, to avoid this and kind of navigate this without a bigger issue? Well, the bottom line is it's much like everything else. The same people that have the, much, the most to say have the, the least amount of substance in the words they speak. If they just that nothing's ever good enough or bad enough, it's it's always got to be more grand. It's like, oh, Mississippi State's been getting away with it. I had somebody send me a post uh, from one of Ole Miss message boards, and I laughed at it, talking about, oh, this has been going on for years. You know, you don't know anything. I mean, they, they know absolutely nothing. They're going to suggest to you they do because the facts doesn't fit their false narrative. And so when the facts come out about stuff, people begin to say, oh, well. We know there's more to it than this. Okay, well, if that's true, then how come the NCAA uh, elected to say, you know what, we'll accept these findings on their face, and uh, here are the sanctions, and we're going to move on for it and consider the matter closed. Just like everything else, those same people always overpromise and underdeliver. That's just the reality of things. Now, is this going to hurt us depth-wise? Absolutely. And I think the biggest place it shows up is special teams. And I think you're probably going to see some of those second and third team wide receivers have to get out there and run down the field and blow somebody up. I think that's a part of it. Because you're going to see some guys that ordinarily would be out there that won't be. you know. And there's a lot of younger guys that kind of cut their teeth on special teams before they play their way in. And so that's where I think things show up. And then if we have an injury, that's that's big. That's that's where you start getting into some situations where things get a little bit dicey. So State's going to have to stay healthy. And, again, State gets to pick and choose the games. It's it's a reduction in eligibility. It's not a true suspension. And I rarely people say, well, they should should sit the first eight games. And, listen, I respect your conviction and admire your passion, but I'm trying to go win football games. And so I don't think Jim Moorhead is going to conduct a poll of the fans or any of us in the media and say, hey, what do you guys think we should do? Joe's going to make those decisions based on the needs of the team. I can assure you that there is nobody in the Leo Seal Jr. complex that is happy this is taking place. Matter of fact, I have spoken to some people that are absolutely outraged that this has happened. I can understand why some people may decide, you know what, I'm done with all this. You know, I put so much faith in these people, and they let me down. And and, and I, I agree. I, I feel let down, too. When I began to get the details behind all this, I was sick to my stomach. Because you begin to think to yourself, you know, well, hey, we run a clean program. We've got good people involved that uh, that protect us. And, th- and so here's what we get into. It's, uh, you know, we, we're not being charged with the sleazy underbelly of the recruiting stuff. And so, and, and some of that you kind of expect because it's a wild, wild west at times in SEC. But these are these kids are our own. These are our guys. They're not commitments. They're not recruits. These are bulldogs. And we had bulldogs do things that harmed the integrity of our program and our university. And that's what hurts the most about the whole thing, right? It's one thing if you've got some, you know, rogue booster out there or a rogue coach. And, you know, it's like I, I said about the old Miss case. I mean, everybody can't be rogue, right? You can't all be rogue when it's a, it's a systemic system and network is kind of committed to, uh, to circumventing NCAA rules when it comes to improper benefits for recruits. 
but this situation here, that's, I think, what hurts us the most is you don't expect your own guys to put you in harm's way. You kind of expect there to be a circus on the recruiting trail at times. You know what I'm saying? But once they get into the family and they get their official issue Adidas and they get in under our supervision and they're part of the family and they're, you know, they're on part of the meal plan and they're lifting the weights and walking around repping the brand, you don't ever expect those guys to do anything to hurt the brand. And that's what happened. And that's the thing when I think about it. That's what the knot in the pit of my stomach over all of this is because of all of that. Is because of that element of this is that these guys it was it was our own our own our own guys and so I shared a video it's gone viral uh, over the weekend of Nick Saban kind of talking about this not about specifically the Mississippi State case but about people at 19 years of age make mistakes and so I have seen these calls to cut them from the team and all that sort of stuff and uh, and I shared this on on Gene's page. Because um, I felt it was apropos. When I coached high school baseball, I, I worked for a guy named Paul Greer. And uh, I was uh, – I, I coached sports. As long as, as long as Ani Robertson was involved in sports, I coached. I was his first coach uh, in soccer. Got to watch him coach t- – watch him play t-ball. And, I, and then before that season was over, I was assisting with that. I've always been one of the – I've probably been uh, more involved than most. But uh, I had coached Donnie all the way up, and then they asked me when uh, that first year, Donnie got asked as an eighth grader to play with the high school summer league baseball team. And uh, they said, hey, since you're going to be here, do you mind helping coach a little bit? And so I, I became you know, one of the summer league coaches. And then before it was over with, I was on the staff full-time, became a hitting coach. And uh, I wanted to run guys off. You know, it's like when guys, if they didn't want to c- comply to what we wanted to do, I wanted to run them off. That was my answer to everything. You know what? The coach, this kid don't want to listen. Let's just put him in the bricks. And Coach Greer one day pulled, pulled me aside. I was, I was ranting and raving about this kid named Matt. And I was like, you know, Coach, the kid don't want to listen. He don't want, he's always the last one in drills. He's got a bad attitude. And he was part of a family that uh, had put a lot of student athletes through our program, whether it be football or baseball. Had, had some older brothers that were absolute monsters on the football field. And so I felt like this guy was kind of riding some on his family legacy. And uh, that wasn't good enough for me. I didn't feel like I owed him anything, so I wanted to run him off. And Coach Greer pulls me aside and says, you know what, Coach, if you want to run him off, we will. But let me ask you this. How, how are we going to minister to that kid if he's not on the team? If we don't see him every day, if he don't come to baseball practice, how are we going to be able to sow some positive seeds in his life? He goes, you know, I don't know if you know this, Coach, but uh, if you look around here, there ain't a lot of daddies coming to the ball game because there ain't a lot of daddies involved in these kids' life. And we are the only male role models many of these guys have. And so if we're not involved in their lives, who's going to teach them to be men, to be fathers, to be husbands? Who are they going to learn to pattern themselves after? And that, that conversation changed me. I remember it almost verbatim because you know, there's some things that happen in life that just kind of stay with you. This is one of them for me. I began to look at coaching much different. I, I started caring a whole lot less about winning and more about teaching. And not just the game of baseball, but teaching about life. And I began to take the long ride home. When I had to bring a kid home from practice, a lot of times I would, I would take the long ride home. Maybe we'd stop and get a Gatorade and a, 
you know, a pack of peanuts or whatever on the way home, and I'd pay for that. And I'd just take some time investing and just listening to what was going on with these kids. And it changed me as a person. It changed me as a coach. It changed me as a father. Because I began to realize that not everybody was as fortunate as my children. And so when I look at these situations, when I think about these players, as embarrassed as they are, and rightfully so, I, I don't have any sympathy for any of that. I don't. Because I didn't cheat. There's a lot of other things, but I didn't cheat. But I don't think that we throw the bulldog babies out with the bathwater. I don't think we just say, okay, we're so high and mighty, we're done. And Nick Saban said in that video, we talked about Musi Muhammad, that played for him at Michigan State and got in some trouble. And he, everybody wanted to kick him off the team, but he didn't. And now he goes and plays in the NFL for 15 years. He's a president of the company. He's got seven kids and a daughter at Princeton. So as, as Nick said, who was right? And so I look at this situation in the same light. These guys have made a mistake. I don't think it has to be a scarlet letter that follows them the rest of their lives. I think Mississippi State now has an opportunity to kind of play a role in the redemption of these student-athletes. Not to mention, I think this is a big moment in Joe Moorhead's tenure here at Mississippi State. I think this is a way that Joe can really prove to these kids that he's got their back. Because you know what? We're not going to sit here and defend your actions, but we are going to defend you. We're going to do our best to protect you because you made a mistake. We're not going to just throw you to the wolves because you made a mistake. We're going to stick in here with you guys, and we're going to turn this thing around. And you're going to be a big part of our future going forward. You're going to learn from this, and you're going to be a shining example for young guys when they come in here and perhaps they stub their toes and get off the beaten path a little bit and make a mistake. I don't believe it should be a life sentence. I know every one of these guys. Know them, most of them as recruits. Knew them as high school players. Knew them as hopeful, wide-eyed recruits hoping to get an opportunity from Mississippi State. They are good people that have done a bad thing. They're not bad people pretending to be good in hopes of continuing to play football. They are good people that have come from good families. And I can only begin to imagine how their parents feel today. You know, I talked about my oldest son earlier, and I'm going to share this with you because uh, I think it's important. You know, I made some unbelievable mistakes when I was 19 years old. I paid dearly for them. And there are some people that think I should still be paying for them. You know, I think that's kind of funny. But I remember the first time that I only got in a little bit of trouble, and it was nothing you know, compared to what I had to deal with. It was nothing. And I was so glad that he felt that he could come and talk to me. It took him a while. He kind of hem-hawed around a little bit. And he said, hey, I have something I need to tell you. And he told me, and I wasn't happy with him. And I told him. But I said, you know what? I, after I fussed at him for a while, I said, you know what? We're, we're going to figure it out, and we're going to be okay. But I made him be accountable for his actions. But I didn't love him any less. And I think in the end, he probably loved me more because of the fact that I loved him and because that I accepted him and said, you know what, this is not who you are. This is not consistent with your character. And so I'm not going to love you any less. And I'm going to help you figure this out. But you're going to be responsible and you're going to be held accountable for your actions. You're gonna, there will be a price to pay for this. But I'm not going to run you off. And one of the things that he shared with me is he said, you know, I don't, I don't want the other kids to know. And so when I think about these other players, 
you know, we had an issue and uh, we were able to kind of keep it between ourselves. You know, we got it taken care of. You know, it wasn't anything major. But these guys are Southeastern Conference players. It's major news when they get in some trouble. It's major news in their hometown when people find out that, oh, oh my gosh, you were involved in that? They're on probation because you took some, uh, somebody took your test for you? And, you know, and I don't care who you are or where you're from, if you have any level of success, you're going to have some hometown haters, right? And so all of this will just kind of feed all that. And so I think the university and life, you know, the, the, the nature of life, the natural order of things, there is enough shame in this deal to go around. So rather than run them off and treat them like second-class citizens, why don't we love them back? And can you just imagine the commitment these guys would have to us? And I would expect, so you know what, they had every opportunity to run me off, but they gave me a second chance, and Coach Moorhead stood up for me and says, you know what, I believe in these guys, and I know this is not consistent with their character. So that's, that's my take on it, and, uh, and I'm going to leave it with that. We're going to be back on Wednesday, and we're going to uh, – to talk about what we've learned from Joe Moorhead, we'll meet with Joe in a little bit. We'll ask him about Keaton. We'll ask him about the transfer situation, I mean, the transfers and the suspensions, and and we'll get what we can, okay? And we'll share that with you. But the bottom line is this: we're going to go play football Saturday, and uh, I am for Mississippi State and everybody else who is for Mississippi State, and I hope that is that is you. If you haven't done so, I'm happy to say you can go order your pre-order your Stark Villains book that opened last night. It is already selling like hotcakes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I've already had several texts from uh, my literary agent saying that the online sales are, are doing very well. So go to Stark Villains the book. That's StarkVillainsTheBook.com and you can pre-order your book. Allow four to six weeks. It's not available yet. It's, it's at the printer. They're printing it now. We'll have it soon. We'll ship it out to you. I'm going to I'm going to personalize every pre-ordered copy. You can include all that in your notes when you order. Whatever, however you want it done, we'll get it taken care of for you. And while you're in the mood of buying Stark Villain stuff, go to StarkVillains.com and order yourself some Stark Villains shirts and hoodies. You're, trust me, when you read this book, you're going to want to identify with the Stark Villains. You're going to want to be a part of the club with Jackie Sherrill and Bob Tyler and Ron Polk and, and everybody else. Very, very excited about this book. Can't wait for you guys to read it. Can't get out, Can't wait to get out on the road, shake hands and kiss babies, mamas, and all that good stuff. You know, love the book tour. It's a lot of fun. I'm very humbled by your comments. I've had so many people that have shared on social media how much they can't wait to read the book. And uh, you guys knew how to make an old boy from South Mississippi feel awfully special. We had Fan Day on Saturday, and uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't get out of here without talking about this. Fan Day is uh, it's kind of the same deal for us. You know, every time we go, it's the same thing. But when I see those kids come out and they get the picture made with the cheerleaders and the players and, and Bully and the, the Golden Egg, it reminds me of all that is right with college athletics. There are a lot of things that we, we've had some ugliness as of late. We really have. We've had some, some, you know, we've had some difficulties. And it's been the bad side of college football. It's been the bad side of college athletics. 
It's one of those things you look at and say, man, how does this happen to us? Why does this happen to us? But it did. But I went out there Saturday, and it got my mind right. Because those kids that were coming to get their picture made with Colin Hill, they don't care about any of that other stuff. They don't care about a chemistry test. They don't care about the NCAA. They don't care about probation. They don't care about scholarship limitations. All they know is, is this is my guy, and he's my hero, and I get a chance to get my picture made with him, and I, get, I can just reach out and touch him. I can shake hands with this guy that I see on television that, uh, that has become my hero. That's how I was when I, when I met John Bond as a kid. That was one of the biggest things that ever happened to me. As a young man watching him beat Alabama, and once he did, I thought, you know what? I want to be, I want to be just like him. I want to be just like that guy. And I had a chance to meet him, and it's so great now that I've become a man. You know, John's not only my, what, what's my hero, now he's my friend. And so when I see those people at Fan Day and I see, you know, the couple that come in wearing their, their his and hers jerseys and, you know, carrying their bulldog pups and that sort of stuff, I'm, I'm reminded of all the great things that we love about college athletics. And what was good once can be great again. And uh, I expect a big year for Mississippi State. These suspensions are not going to derail the trajectory of our program. We are going to go out and score points. We are going to go win football games. We are going to a bowl game. We need you there Saturday. And if you're a true Maroon, and I know that you are, you wouldn't be listening to the show, we're going to need you in the stands all year ringing those cowbells because those kids are going to be out there representing our program. They're going to need you to be there for them. We need to show them, especially that first home game, we need to let every Bulldog player know that this fan base has their back. But you know what? There were 10 guys that got in trouble. But you know what? There were 75 more that didn't. There were some that had the opportunity to get in trouble, and they said no. But you know what? That's not who I am. I'm going to stand up for myself. I'm not going to be involved in that. Those young men deserve your praise. Well, I'm going to ask you for your forgiveness for the other ones, the ones that did things the right way, the ones that protected themselves, the reputation of your football program. They deserve your allegiance. They, des- they deserve your support. And so I'm going to ask you to ring, ring a little louder and ring a little longer when you have the opportunity here in two weeks when we have Southern Miss come to town. Because this Mississippi State football team needs its Bulldog family. Until next time, let's all live our lives in a way we make more friends than enemies and people can see a difference in the way we live. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.